Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Rob Lancashire, the CEO of Ascensient, which offers patented natural language processing technology to provide metadata that enables insight and profitable action from natural language text. Hi, Rob. How are you? Hi, Ari. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm well, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Ascensient. My background um, for a big part of my career was actually supplying voice technologies and uh, this was uh, digital dictation and speech recognition technologies to the legal markets, mainly in London but I also with my own company and then latterly with a company called Big Hand who are very well known as the COO. I then travelled and worked with the team in Chicago and uh, as well as it's Sydney in Australia. So um, I spent a lot of time working with that, but had a lot of experience and led the efforts of Big Hand on speech recognition, as that was very much my own background. And I really was able to work very closely with Big Hand in taking that technology from something which I think people had not had great experiences to a product now which I believe Big Hand are supplying an absolutely excellent solution to deal with a number of very, very uh, specific issues in law firms that really do make a difference to the profitability of a firm. I stepped down from Big Hand in 2014. I'd spent 15 years of my life working really hard um, and was looking for a a short sabbatical, but um, very quickly found myself back in the world of tech as a uh, a very um, active investor, which then resulted in 2015 of uh, working with a co-founder who is actually a lawyer, well-known lawyer in London and the CTO of the business that we then acquired which was a sentient it became a sentient and that business when we look we, we we looked at it and we decided to buy it had some really smart natural language processing technology the justification for buying it you know to, to acquire something really was the fact that what we understood is that today uh, the amount of data that's being produced in the world uh, and, and the figure is something like 2.5 exabytes of data is produced every day that's the equivalent of 10 million blu-ray discs and if you stacked them on top of each other that would be the equivalent to the height of four Eiffel Towers one on top of each other so that that's how much data is produced every single day Uh, now the other interesting statistic attached to that is 80% of that is unstructured which means that you can't really get any value in there. That's largely because it's typically text, natural language text. If we were to try and read that, and this is, this is a wonderful statistic that we, we calculated, is it, it would actually take 1.5 trillion people reading continuously for 24 hours in the day to process that unstructured data. Now, the interesting statistic is that there are not 1.5 trillion people on the planet. And I suspect if there were, we'd not have much room to move. So what it really says is that the challenge of actually extracting value from all that unstructured data is not a human challenge. It needs to be automated with computers. Um, the real thing, though, is that within that, the estimates of value is astronomical. Um, to give you an example, within that, uh, it is estimated to be $1 trillion of additional revenues for enterprises locked away just by interacting with people on social media. 
Uh, now, social media is probably one of the best examples of natural language that we, we see in today's connected world. So it's a colossal amount of money. Uh, and if you look at the likes of Siri and Cortana, there's estimated within the business world $50 billion of savings just uh, available by using natural language interfaces you know which are your chatbots so the the value that's there is is huge for for businesses professional service businesses normal enterprises it, it, it's enormous how does a sentient actually work we use what we call a rule based method based on 15 years of r&d um, and backed by 15 patents the way that that works is it uses a, a statistical model that has been built based on analysis of a human understanding of speech and when we say human understanding of speech it's the positioning of words the type of words the use of those words within a sentence and their interrelation that allows us as humans to be able to understand the meaning within the text now we as humans also overlay on top of that what we call world knowledge now, we don't do world knowledge. That's not part of what we do. We do the first part, and I often describe it as a, an element of it's a bit like a probably a junior school, and I'm going to put this into context, a grade four, five child, um, and their understanding of the, of the world. They may not have a large amount of world knowledge, but they can communicate with you and pick up feelings and understanding and meaning by just an, analyzing the language and the way words are used. So that's what we do. Now, we do that essentially is we take a piece of text, we chop it up into the words, and then we look at the way those position of those words, and we start to reconstruct the sentence based on uh, a mathematical model in terms of our understanding of the particular, what we call parts of speech, the verbs, the nouns, the adjectives within the sentence. Who uses a sentient and for what purpose? The uses of a sentient, or should I say more natural language processing, is huge. Natural language is ubiquitous in our world, and you've only got to look at the efforts of people like Amazon with Alexa to demonstrate that natural language processing, which in a sense is the bigger thing of us using natural language to interact with a computer. And I remember hearing Bill Gates talk when he was last, he did his last ever talk in London, and he predicted the future of human interaction with computers was speech and touch. Now, speech is a two-way thing, as Alexa demonstrates, but the computer's got to understand what you say. And that's the thing, where the use cases for that are huge. They're really the future of how we will communicate with computers. Now, we as a company have demonstrated the efficacy of what we can do with our NLP in things such as the uh, UK-EU referendum. That allowed us to analyze the natural language conversations going on, in that case, Twitter, about that particular uh, event and use it to analyze the trends of feeling towards one option or the other. And we were able to predict accurately that the trend towards leave was stronger than the trend towards remain at the time when the polls were actually saying the trend was towards remain. So we were able to, in an unbiased way, assess the feelings of the people on social media that gave us actually a much more honest and accurate prediction around what people were going to do. We used exactly the same method with the US elections. And two days before, when the world was saying that Clinton was going to win, we were actually showing that Trump was likely to win. And we call it the Trump bump. We saw the Trump bump about two days before the election, uh, the vote actually happened. And we're, we're calling that. And that's what we can do is to actually tap into what people really feel just by understanding what they're saying and how engaged they are. 
Now, if you put that out into the big world, what the, where, where can you use that technology? Then you're in a world where you can use it for marketing, you can use it for sales, customer service, opinion mining, engagement with people, curation of, of user-generated content, chatbots. You can use it to understand when you're, you're facing threats, so that's uh, protection. Um, things like you know people within your organization are saying things they shouldn't do about the brand. Uh, obviously, United Airlines, good example recently there where they would need to have the levels of protection that can means they can control their social media conversation and the way that things are leaked out. You can use it for search. The list is endless simply because the future of our interaction with computers is speech, natural language. And as such, the computer needs to understand what it is we are actually saying to it beyond just binary ones and zeros. Most artificial intelligence systems seem to be using machine learning. How does your approach differ? I personally believe, having had a background in speech and spent many years in the very early days trying to convince lawyers that speech recognition was the thing they really needed and that they should replace all of their secretaries with speech recognition, um, which was an interesting time. I, I, I was very aware at that time that that faltered simply because you know, the results just didn't meet the expectations. Now, more latterly, uh, Gartner have actually brought that experience and they've quantified it into a thing they call the hype cycle. Um, which is quite well known. And, it, and it's funny because I look at it and think I lived through one of those hype cycles with speech recognition. Now, as I said earlier on, we made that successful by looking at the way we applied the technology and looking at really the problem cases and applying it quite closely. But what was really interesting is that NLP, natural language processing, has been around for quite a long time. And it's it does mirror speech recognition in that it was used and the results were not great. And people kind of got burnt. They kind of said, yeah, I've tried it. And often what we hear is people said, well, I looked at sentiment analysis and it wasn't very good. And when people talk about sentiment analysis, we typically hear what they mean is what we call polarity. Is something negative, positive or neutral? That's not in the definition of sentiment, really sentiment. That's just polarity towards a subject. Sentiment is how you feel, which is in human terms much wider. Now, that turned people off. And when you then combine the technology cycle with the reinvention of machine learning, what in my day were called neural nets that are now called deep uh, deep neural systems, there's, there's a whole range of different names for this. But the move to machine learning was a reaction to the fact that the rules-based systems that were available on the market didn't work very well and didn't meet expectations. At the same time, there's a fashion for machine learning. There is the element of the hype cycle attached to machine learning as it stands. So a lot of people now use machine learning. Machine learning can be very good, though. That's why also people used it. In a very narrow domain, if you teach it very well, it's very good. But that's what makes it good. It's a bit like speech recognition. If you use it in a very narrow domain, um, and in the case of Big Hand, what we found was hugely successful, was we used it in the very narrow domain of handling file notes. Um, it's a particularly British thing, I believe, but it is essentially a, a risk management process whereby you're recording in text process of the um, of the matter. And in in that sense, that that's a very expensive way of risk management by recording everything in text. So we we applied speech to that really successfully. And the same thing occurs here is that with natural language processing within machine learning, it works very well in a little, in, in small domains. However, the thing about machine learning is you have to teach it. That's why it's called machine learning. It knows nothing from day one. It's like a newborn baby and it needs to be taught. And 
what that means then essentially is that the overhead in terms of teaching a system to do something uh, efficiently and well is really high and you also have to maintain it. It takes a big, big effort, which in a sense makes it quite expensive to do. Microsoft, uh, the, the, the Microsoft Tay um, event where uh, Microsoft Tay quickly started to behave badly, I think is a wonderful example of the fact that if you teach a machine to behave badly, it will behave badly. And there's a lot of analogies there with children. I've got some children and I know you have as well, Harry, and you probably like I know full well that if you don't teach them well, they don't behave well. Um, and so it, that's a really fundamental thing in that there's a, you know, we're, we're using artificial intelligence, but we need to understand it is like a human as well, in a sense that it, it learns, and if it learns badly, it will perform badly. So they, these really where these systems come in. Now, the likes of Google, for example, can do this in terms of teaching their machines reasonably well because they sit on vast amounts of data. However, this doesn't get away from the effort required in actually teaching a machine to behave well, particularly across general language rather than in very narrow domains. And that, in a sense, means that the system, you need the budgets of Google to be able to do this. And even if you look at Google today and the level of ability within its natural language processing, it still suggests that they have not invested the levels of time, money into their system to be able to deliver the kind of levels of understanding that we can deliver today with a rules-based system such as Ascentient. And that's fundamentally the difference, is that Ascentient delivers really good, high-level, granular understanding of text, which just isn't matched anywhere else. And we can do it without needing the resources of a Google because of the underlying way that we do it. And, and I should just explain, when I talk about granular understanding, I go beyond just the sentiment, you know, the positive-negative thing. I go into the world of intent, what someone intending to do. Guidance, what are they giving or seeking guidance on? You know, what are they telling other people to do or what are they asking other people for guidance on? How decisive are they? When are they going to do it? Um, and quite interestingly, something we call flamboyance, which is how engaged are they? How passionate are they? You know, we we can determine these, and all of these signals come together to give you a really rich human level understanding of what they're actually saying within the text. How do you see Ascentient impacting the market in general? Well, as I mentioned earlier on, the use cases for natural language processing are manifold, and it will become an integral part of our lives, particularly with regards to the understanding of a sort of a fairly young child. We postulate that if you're combining that with the ability for, say, like machine learning to add the world knowledge, you could create some really smart systems that allow us to interact with computers very naturally. In terms of how that can apply to the market then really is we, we will see it in many different forms across our connected life in terms of how we go on with the day. And we're already seeing that. Siri, Cortana, Alexa, all the different chatbots that we might come into, those things will, will become more and more prevalent because we are using natural language processing. In terms of the legal services market, I, I do see something very interesting. And I say the professional services market in general is it's early days. There are already, I believe, technologies out there that are using this kind of understanding of text to analyze things such as documents within the uh, matter process or the matter management process. But it is very early days. However, the early days are the exciting days because this is when people who understand the pains within the professional services market um, will connect the dots and understand that if I can understand the meaning within, say, a legal agreement – 
I can create a system that provides support to that person during, say, contract analysis and negotiation. Example would be a contract arrives and the system automatically analyzes that document and pulls out where all the important key terms are, what key terms might be missing, what, uh, what the feeling is towards those key terms. It could then correlate that with discussion between two parties. And what it's doing then is providing a tool that's really taking the grunt work out of having to sit and read and understand the document and it'll do it a lot faster but if you take that to a stage where you maybe got a lot of documents and I, I hesitate to say e-discovery because this is an area which has been really well developed but it, and, and it's an area where to an extent some of this kind of technology is actually used it's that sort of thing it's been able to understand the meaning not looking for just keywords relevant to a case but understanding the, the sort of the meaning behind what is being said within the documents and as I think most people within the particularly the legal services market will understand that quite often there is a, a secondary message beyond what is actually written on the page that comes through the inference of the meaning in the text particularly in litigation of course so it's always good to be able to would be good to understand that but where we are today, I've always been impressed how entrepreneurial the legal services market is and would say to anybody out there, if you see a problem that you could solve, if you could get uh, a decent understanding of what actually uh, is being said, the meaning within a text, then come talk to us because we can do that bit very accurately and provide the insights needed to create the actions which will improve the performance within legal services. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Rob Lancashire, the CEO of Ascension, which offers patented natural language processing technology to provide metadata that enables insight and profitable action from natural language text. Rob, it was a privilege. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ari. It was a privilege, too. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.